This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Let's give thanks. Let's uh, ask the Lord to minister to us. Thank you, Lord. We give thanks for everything that you've been doing till this point of time. Lord, your 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 presence, your your ministering that we've experienced, Lord, from the time we started, right? From the time of prayer, the time we entered, the times of our exchanges, our pleasantries, our greetings, our handshakes and our smiles, everything that ministered to your people today. Even the time of prayer, the exhortation at the start of the service, through the time of worship, Lord, uh, the exhortation of the table, different things that we were blessed by, the songs, the hymns, the spiritual songs that, that minister to our spirit, Father. You, you, are, you are in charge. Holy Spirit, you are in charge. You are in control. And you desire to speak to us this morning. You desire to minister to, to the depths of our beings today. Lord, we ask of you, Father, every heart will be, will be subject, will be submitted, will be submitted to what you have in store. To be, will be submitted to receive what you have in store. Every ear will be inclined to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That we may understand deep things. The deep things, even as we just said, the deep things of God. Who can understand the deep things of God except the Spirit of God which is in God? We ask of you, Holy Spirit, that you'll reveal the depths of God. We desire to know the depths of God today. Reveal it to us. Help us to speak in spiritual words. Words that will explain spiritual thoughts. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 8. Let's, let's read it out together. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. One more time. The Lord is is coming with the clouds. Amen. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Hallelujah. The year of rejoicing. The year of great joy. Tell your neighbor, this is the year of great joy. Amen. We are the third month of, of the year of great joy. And the Lord is teaching us the importance of being joyful, how we can be joyful. Different things that apply to this existence, this Christian existence, which is all about joy. Joy is the hallmark of Christian walk. Christian living. The hallmark of Christian living. The one thing that separates Christian life from everything else in the world is joy. A joy that knows no limit. Amen. A joy that cannot be quenched. A joy that, that, that cannot be taken away. A joy that cannot be uh, destroyed or wiped away. That's a portion. It's important for us as Christians to know that it is our portion in life. To be joyful, to be smiling, to be full of happiness, to be radiant all the time. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces will not be covered with. Hallelujah. The book that we, that we claim to believe in, 
Which book do you claim to believe in? Let me check whether it's the same book. If you have the book, just lift it up. Just to check whether we have the same book. Yes, we all have the same book. Different versions maybe, but the same book which we call the Bible. Amen. This book that we claim to believe in makes uh, such uh, bold promises that we will be, we'll have fullness of joy. That's what this book promises. Fullness of joy is a portion allotted to the believers in Christ Jesus. Amen. And see, it's, these are things that we must meditate and, and study and, and dig deep and understand all the time. Keep our eyes on these things because the enemy is after our joy. The enemy is after our peace. But the Bible is very clear. He's come to give us joy. He's come to give us peace. Amen. Ask of me that your joy may be made full. In His presence there is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Now the, the Christian joy is that which makes the believer strong. You are made strong because of the joy of the Lord. Even physical strength I'm talking about. Now if you're feeling tired in your body, if you're, if you're feeling, some of us are very tired this morning. Uh, you know, some of us were, um, didn't have a good sleep for whatever reason. We, we couldn't manage to get a good sleep. And we were very tired this morning. But the joy of the Lord was our strength, is our strength. Amen. You know, it causes us to celebrate all the time, bubbling with joy in the presence of God. The joy of the Lord can make you a very strong person. That's what makes you a strong person. Not all the medicines in the world or the supplements in this world. The joy of the Lord, that's the thing that you need to have. And it's a, it's a delusion to even think that as we age, we can become sickly and weak. That's what the world tells us. That's, the, that's what human wisdom tells us. That as you age, as you hit your 30s, you become slow. As you hit your 40s, you become like this. As you hit your 50s, you can start having this. And that's a worldview. That's a fallen world's view. It's the fallen world's view, the curse on the fallen world. But we, got, we have come out of the curse. And God wants to revive our understanding of these things. That the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. How many years old? 120 years old when he died. And today when we look at Putin, I don't know how many of you know how, how old he is. Vladimir Putin. Some of them say that he's, he's not the real Putin. He's a cloned copy of the actual Putin. And there are debates going on about that. Anything is possible. But let's talk about Moses. 120 years old when he died. And the Bible says that his eyes were not dim. And his natural vigor, no, his natural vigor diminished. Neither did his eyes grow dim. Nor did his natural vigor. Now we, we, sometimes we say, okay, uh, yeah, in the spirit we are all very strong. We're talking about the natural vigor. You don't need to be subject to the natural laws of the elementary principles of this world, the natural laws of, laws of, uh, of this world. Now, this is something that you need to pursue. Now, now you... you you should, you should wonder, what was the secret of Moses? 120 years old, his eyes were not dim. Why? Lot of carrots. 
he kept looking at Jesus. Beautifully put. That's right. He kept looking at the one thing that can make his eyes clear. He had a vision of his God. I'm going to go into that. It's a secret. We all know that. See, what, who was Moses? Moses was this man, this, this uh, apachan, if you can call him like that. This old man who had to lead an obstinate, stiff-necked, uh, rebellious, stubborn people. For some 40 years. Not one or two, a whole bunch of them. And the Bible says that at 120, he was still, his eyes were still not, it did not grow dim. His natural vigor, natural vigor was still the same. It never diminished. Today, if you're given charge of three people in church, give it an year, you'll start graying. Give it two years, you'll slip into depression. Give it three years, I don't know what all can happen. He had enough struggles to handle. He had to represent his God before his people. And he had to represent his people before his God. That's a tough thing to do. But try doing that. Representing a people before God and representing God before the people. And he was a single point of contact between God and his people. It was very tough. Yet Moses did not have any depression issues or he did not have sleeping disorder. He did not have self-esteem issues at least once he stepped into his calling before which he had. He, he called himself a... He thought of himself as a man of stammering speech. But he was a very strong man. In fact, one of the strongest characters mentioned in the Bible, Moses. And, and you must consider what is the secret of this man. You know, I believe that Moses was a person full of joy. Full of joy. It's difficult to picture Moses like that because we have these depictions of Moses as a man who is very, very tough and very stern. Tough on the exit, tall, tough. Through movies and, you know, cartoons and whatever. And we have this, this idea of, of Moses as a man with a tough face and a stern look. Maybe he had that because he had to, he had to handle such kind of people. The, the, the responsibility that he shouldered was so huge. I mean, it's, it's beyond our comprehension. Huh? Just think about it. That's right. That's why he is a simile of Jesus. Uh, a type of Jesus. He's a type of Jesus. Jesus who carried the sins of the whole world. Look at Moses. He was doing almost the same thing. But this man, if you look, at, look closely at this man, he was full of joy. He was full of Holy Ghost joy. Uh, he is a... Uh, uh, see, how do we know that? You, know, you can ask me why. I mean, how can you say that he was a man full of joy? Because like I said, the picture that we have in our head concerning Moses is that he is a man with stern face and very serious character, long chin and... Um, you know what I mean? The Bible says that he spent time with his God. He was in the presence of God. In fact, the Bible testifies that he spoke to Jesus. Sp spoke to God. God spoke to him face to face. That's what uh, Teresa was mentioning this morning. How come his ears didn't, never grew dim? Because he looked at the face of God. I don't know what he could see. But that, that, that vision, whatever he could see, 
kept his eyes young, clear. You want to have clear eyes? Look to Jesus. You want to have clarity in vision? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author, the perfecter of faith. Amen. Everything else will grow dim. Everything else will become very, very, uh, you know, it's go out of your vision. What is required of you to see? That God will show you if you look at Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now he even had a revelation about the presence of God. He said, if, you, if your presence does not go with us, let us, do not lead us up from here. That's like how, how Peter said, where can we go from your presence? You have the words of eternal life. So what Moses said is like almost in line with what Peter said. You don't want to go. If, you don't have, if, you don't have, if we don't have the presence of God, if your presence is not leading us, we don't want to go from here. Say joy. Now you must be able to experience joy at all times. One person said amen. That's how much you desire to have joy. For a New Testament believer, the continual awareness of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is joy. Now the, the, the more you are aware of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, that makes you joyful. You know, it's, it's your commun communion with the, the Holy Spirit with, who lives in you that keeps you joyful. Doesn't matter what you're faced with in life. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Greater. Your emotions are swayed towards the greater one. Acknowledge this company all the time. Acknowledge the company of the Holy Spirit all the time. I said acknowledge the company of the Holy Spirit all the time. You want to stay smiling? Acknowledge the company of the Holy Spirit all the time. Now I, I wish you have experiences like this. I've had, I've, this is something that I love. Uh, in my walk with the Lord, this is one thing that I really, really love. You know, I can be in the middle of a crowd and I can still choose to listen and hear and that can change the way I'm thinking, the way I'm feeling. You know, you might be feeling, suddenly feeling discouraged about something. Maybe you heard something, maybe you saw something, maybe you felt something, you remembered something and you're discouraged. But if you choose to to divert your attention and, and get your attention to listen to the Holy Spirit, it changes the way you think about that. I had that experience even yesterday. I was sitting here. In fact, I remember it very clearly. I was sitting here. Lito was doing, you, you wanted some time to figure out a patch. I was sitting here. And just at that moment, a very clear comes upon you. He's, he speaks so clearly into your situation, into your thoughts, into your into your burdens, into your concerns. Hallelujah. Say joy. joy. Make joy the secret of your strength. Joy is the secret of your strength. Joy in the Lord is a secret of strength. Joy in the Lord is a secret of strength. Do you want to run and not grow weary? Have the joy of the Lord. Spend time in His presence. Spend time in His presence. For the fullness of joy is your portion. Be aware of who lives inside of you. 
Say joy. Say joy. Joyfully say joy. See, the tone can make a lot of difference. One more time. Joyfully say joy. Smile and say joy. It sounds sweeter. Are you okay? I will, I'll make you feel the difference. Okay, now frown and say joy. And I can say it loud, but frown and say joy. Joy. Now smile and say joy. 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 The strength, secret of your strength. The secret of divine health. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We were considering the epistle of Jude and we were reading a few verses up and down. We went back and forth. A few things that we considered. Today I'm going to read from verse 20. Jude verse 20 down. Jude the epistle of Jude, verse 20 down. Let's read it together. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. I hope you're praying in the Holy Spirit. We have, we have spent enough time. I hope you're praying in the Holy Spirit. In fact, I want to meet all the young children, okay? all, the, all the Sunday school kids. And I'm going to give you a, a goal to pursue. Okay, we'll talk about it next Sunday, Sunday school time. Just remind me, I want to meet them all. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some, have mercy with fear. Hating even the garments polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And to make you stand in the presence of his glory. Blameless with great joy. Say great joy. It's God's plan from the start to the end. God's plan for you is exceedingly great joy. To the only God our Savior. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And I told you that this, this book, this epistle is a treasure box of very relevant instruction to the church. It's, it's full of instruction to the church, very relevant and timely, uh, especially, especially to the end time church. And we as the end time church must pay attention and study and keep going back, make notes. So only 25 verses in this, in this uh, small episode which Jude wrote. And you have to understand, and I, even as we considered last week that uh, it, this, this episode came about as the Holy Spirit pressed upon Jude a very specific theme which Jude was not planning to write about. Now we looked at, that, looked at that last time. And Jude wanted to, he was taking all the efforts. Verse 3 or 4 says, I took all the efforts to write to you concerning our common salvation. But I felt the need to appeal to you concerning this one topic. What is that? Contend for your faith. Contend earnestly for your faith. So that which Jude had in his mind, which is good, 
which is quite nice. There's nothing wrong about it. It's a, it's a good thing that he wanted to write about. It's concerning our salvation. But the Holy Spirit decided to interfere with his thought process. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Allow the Holy Spirit to interfere with your thoughts. And to change your decisions. And to and help you prioritize. Say prioritize. Now we need to learn to prioritize not according to a worldly wisdom but according to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And we must be willing. Now we, we must be, um, you know, I, I, the word says, uh, pliable. Say pliable. Or is, can, he, can be easily bent. That's what's pliable. We must be pliable to the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit can easily bend us. He can bend us. Amen. Moldable. Say moldable. He can shape us. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When He grieves, we must know before anybody else tells us. You know, I don't want to know, okay, in relationships, if I, Nisha and I, if she is sad about something, I don't want somebody else to come to me and say, your wife is very sad. Now I should slap myself if that is true. Because I'm her husband. I should know it firsthand. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. You must know if He is grieved about something concerning your life. You got to know. His priorities must be your priorities. Amen. His urgency must be your urgency. Today morning, I think when you ministered, you said that. The burden of God. She was praying in the spirit and she was saying, uh, you know, the, we, must, we must be able to feel the burden of God. Does God has, have a burden? Yes, he has. He said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. There is a burden that God carries. Which is light and easy. But that must be our burden, not the concerns of this life, not the thoughts of this life, but the burden, burden of God. Maybe for lost souls, maybe for nations of this world. So look at this. He sat down to write about something. He had a script in place. He took all the effort. He did his research. He had a plan in place. But the Holy Spirit intervened. The Holy Spirit intervened and said, no, write about this. And that's how, as believers, we must live our lives. Yes. And in fact, every week, every day, every day, in fact, we must have experiences like this. We must be able to say at the end of the day, this is what I wanted to do, but this is what the Lord made me do. Amen. Oh, and you feel light when you say that. You feel so relaxed when you say that. You, you know that you've done the right thing. You're planning to do something which is brilliant in your, in your opinion, which is great in your, in your perspective, in your analysis. But when the Holy Spirit came in and intervened with your thought process, showed you something which you do not know, great and mighty things which you do not know, you change your plan, you change your decision, you change your course of action so that you can please the Lord. Do not be inflexible before the Holy Spirit. Come what may, I'm not going to change. This is my decision. This is my, this is who I am. I'm not going to change. And I'm wired like this. Have you heard that one? I'm wired like this. I'm not going to change. And I'm convinced that this is what I'm going to do. Now when the Holy Spirit wants to come and tell you something else, you better change. You better change. 
do not be inflexible the, the word is self willed do not be self willed when you sit before the holy spirit you must surrender your will and accept the will of god which is good pleasing and acceptable good say good pleasing and acceptable and he cannot do anything when you are adamant say adamant tell your neighbor do not be adamant one more time tell your neighbor who didn't respond to you one more time tell him or tell her do not be adamant do not be stubborn the lord wants to break your stubbornness the lord wants to deal with your adamants he wants to give you a, a soft heart that's what the heart of flesh that's what that's what the new covenant holds the heart of flesh on which he will inscribe the law hallelujah and as you do not have to use many words in his letter to establish the relevance i told you this is a very relevant book even today 2000 years later we are spending a few weeks trying to just scratch on the surface of this letter that's how relevant this letter is but he didn't have to he didn't have to use so many words he didn't have to use uh, many chapters he just whatever the holy spirit told him he wrote it 25 lines 25 verses that's it the writing is still relevant you now some of your ministry is going to change like that it's no longer going to be about the the long windedness and the the hours of planning and the it's going to be effortless you sit you listen you do you listen you do you allow him to change your plan you do you execute what he wants you to execute you execute hallelujah if you allow the holy spirit to move to move you he will make you relevant some of you feel so out of place some of you feel completely out of place in the in the place where god has located you or placed you you're feeling out of place you can't do anything you're trying you're trying you're trying you're trying in your own strength you're not able to achieve any results the holy spirit is telling that if you are willing to let me move you if i can move you if i can move you if you allow me to move you i will make you relevant and the decisions that you take will prove timely the decisions that you take will prove timely if you depend on the holy spirit the choices that you make will stand the test of time if you subject your will to the will of the holy spirit you know i don't want to spend waste my life waste an hour forget an hour i don't even want to waste a minute doing the wrong thing posing after the wrong thing i want to subject my will to the will of the holy spirit and know exactly what i'm doing if it is in line with god's plan for me otherwise i'm going to waste my time my resources my energy my joy my peace your relevance is not in many words your relevance is not in your premeditated script it's not in what you feel but it's entirely based on his counsel to you man i want you all to know that the time 
for those who are led by the holy spirit is now you on you some of you might be thinking that okay it's going to come like maybe a decade later we're going to see her change but the time for those who are led by the holy spirit is now this is we don't have much time by the way you know every time everywhere you turn everywhere you go you know you will hear the same thing the lord is near is coming with the clouds we heard that today morning also he's coming with the clouds and he's going to come back soon he's going to take his church before that and the time to move in the spirit the time to be led by the spirit is now and if you're waiting to be 40 before you can do that you're going to waste your prime you're going to waste your prime on worthless things don't waste the prime of your youth on wasteless things remember your creator in the days of your you got to be doing something for the lord something something real for the lord something that you heard from god and you know that you're doing it because god asked you to do it be a person with mission now if 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 we are choice okay now i know a lot of well meaning christians who who have uh, you know this notion about ministry if your choice is a uh, is a prescripted a uh, pre-planned premeditated uh, no risk kind of ministry i'm telling you there are there's a breed of ministers that god is raising up is going to break all these ideologies understandings they're not going to go they're not going to be pre-planned or premeditated or uh, they're going to be they're moving in the spirit a spirit led go up and run and you know catch up with the chariot get on the chariot tell him explain to him the gospel from the book of isaiah explain after that he's taken from there moved to another place who took him nobody knows i'm telling you these things are going to be reality but we would like to have what we can understand with our mind what can be logically explainable what is the pattern and of course after everything is said and done when we have some time if it is convenient for us then we'll do something that looks like ministry so that nobody will ever complain about that i'm telling you that ministry time is over and that ministry time and if if you haven't already realized that by now the last two years even today brother roy was mentioning he said about the last two years the last year two years is proof that god is not gonna not going to allow that nonsense in the church anymore and he's going to raise up he's raising up all here now me an end time revivalist and those going to move in the holy spirit and going to affect change and turn the world upside down we don't have much time left that's why a different breed those who are given to the spirit when the pastor says you have to speak in tongues you better fast and pray till you get that gift Now this is not for your notes that I'm preaching these things. If you think that okay, I got some notes, I got to fill up some space in my notebook, the gift of tongues. Wrote it, closed it, went back home. What did you do about it? Nothing. That's right. The letter will kill you. The Holy Spirit is telling you do something about it. He wants to bless you with these things. Get serious about the call of God. 
get serious about the call of god this different breed that god is raising up they're going to be full of the spirit and what is of the spirit will excite them nothing will tickle their ears nothing will excite them nothing of this world is going to move them that's right the, the 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 theme of this of their life will be this joy that i have the world and give it to me and the world and give it and the world is not going to take it away and let's not waste time playing christianese you're wasting time a lot of christians are wasting time playing christianese they come to church you know put their offerings sing a few songs go back home go about with their whatever they have to do through the week come back the next week hear a lot of good things come for bible study hear a lot of good things everything goes into the notebook or now in the ipad what are you going to do about it what are you going to do about it can you hear the time ticking by can you hear the the time ticking by we are running out of time we are running out of time and those who are ra- radical these people are going to be radical and they're not going to be swayed by the trend you got to be radical in 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 your stand you're radical in your ministry and if you're going to look at how everything else everybody else is going to do things you're going to go in the same pit they're going to go into i you don't need to i don't need to tell you examples a lot of examples again to do with the last two years how everyone is functioning how is that that pastor doing how is this church going to function how how are they going to do it you hear from god you hear from god you got to hear from god don't take collective decisions those who are quick to respond to his voice those who are willing to take the risk say risk say risk there is something called as risk that's right there are those the, those who may be sitting inside the boat uh, on the boat but god wanted them probably wants them to walk on water they're going to sit on the boat they're going to sit there row 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 about gently down the stream i sing that song also whereas peter will be walking on water you when you look at when you look at some of these characters in the bible what made them so different what made them so different they were quick to respond they risked everything follow me okay we'll follow you dropped everything they had and they followed him in the world's eyes that's a lot of risk that's a huge risk to take what about my future what about my family my children their marriage 
my son's uh, overseas education and my daughter's what about the house loan and and this and that seek the things above where Christ is you want to do something for God seek the things above if you want to look down and do things look at this this plane and look, do things you will not be able to do much Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. But do not know where it comes from and where it is going. That's, that's about us. That's about us. Those who are born of the spirit. The wind, it's like the wind. What is, what is peculiar about the wind? Does the wind has, have weight? Does it have weight? Huh? No, yeah, that's right. Why is it unpredictable? Does the wind have weight? No concerns for the wind. The wind blows where it wishes. So is everyone who's born of the spirit. Now, if you wanna, if you wanna be, if you're carrying a lot of weight, the concerns of this world, the concerns about your about your future, the plans for your future, what you're gonna do ten years from now, what you're gonna do five years from now, is that's what's filling your mind. You cannot move like the wind. You cannot move like the wind. If God tells you today do something, you must be available and free to do it. Drop everything and follow Him. You know, I like uh, at the intro at YWAM, uh, you know, I like some of the things that uh, during the presentation you mentioned and even the video that was screened there and I talked about how God made the missionary, uh, Lauren Cunningham's um, narration was, Cunningham's narration was. And then some of the things that were mentioned, like, it's like uh, the Lord says, go to, give a, give a name of a place. Go to Punjab. Okay, that's, he says, go to Punjab. What will you do? If God tells you now, Go to Punjab. Okay, let's take another place. Give me a place. Go to Africa. Okay. Timbuktu. Okay, let's, let's not call out names. Let's, let's say Timbuktu. Will God really speak like that? Today Christians will debate. Can God really speak, about, speak like that? Because he has a, a good place, a good job, uh, you know, he's earning well, he's settled in life. Can God call such a person to go to Timbuktu to preach the gospel? What do you think, David? Can God call you now to something very specific which you've not even thought about? Danny. You're about to finish your 12th standard and you don't, know, you don't even know what you're going to do next. Can God tell you something that you've not even thought about? Manju, right? Can God tell you something? Can God show you a place? Can God show you a place? Can he tell you, pack and go? 
are experts in singing songs like this. Here I am, Lord, send me. We can sing it like 10 times at, at a stretch without losing breath. But send, where are you planning to go? Send me, where, send me to where God, I want to go or send you to where God wants you to go. <laughs> That's right. Classic one. Here I am, send him. Get serious about your call. Get serious. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we are in a season where God can, I want you to first of all know God can tell you like that, speak to you like that. And drop everything and come. Drop everything and go. Leave everything behind and go. He can do that. And he is not going to say, Oh, Pavam, I'm not going to be a pastor. So, no. He can speak to you very clearly. Michael, can God speak to you like that? Don't answer the next question. How are we going to respond if he tells you something like that? He shows you your place and presses in your heart and you see that very clearly and tells you this is where you are supposed to go. How old are you? 13, 12? 13. At the age of 13, God put this vision in your heart. How are we going to pursue it? How are we going to respond? Are you going to sleep over it? Are you going to pray about it? Nami, think about it. Can God speak to you like that? Or are you too small for that? Be light. Be light. The wind is light. The wind does not struggle to blow past mountains. The wind does not struggle to blow past mountains. It is light. Now some of you here struggle to overcome challenge. You know why? You are not light. There is a lot of excess baggage that you carry the concerns of this life, the cares of this world. You're not light. You're so full of yourself, your plans, your dreams, your desires, your concerns, your future. But the Spirit can, can make you light as a wind. Shed the heaviness. Because He wants you to ascend the, the mountains, ascend the heights. Shed the heaviness. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's see if I can. Verse 22, Jude, verse 22. And have mercy on some who are doubting. And have mercy on some. Say some. And as we say, save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. On some, say some, one more time, say some. Not on everyone, but some. Some of these doubters that you meet must be shown mercy. 
the nkjv says can i have the nkjv also on the screen verse 22 on some have compassion making a distinction the bible says you should be able to distinct make a distinction between the some some show mercy now unless you are able to make this distinction you will fall into error now in fact we heard that today when brother royce was ministering talked about love but there is there are there are certain ways in which you have to there's a, there are there's a there are scriptural definitions definitions to that love the word defines love god is love they say love is love the bible says god is love god is love and then he went on to say talk about discernment in the spirit you grow in love how by discernment abound in love that's right in true knowledge abound in love so here it's saying some of them are doubting they need your mercy maybe they need they need an encouraging word maybe an act of kindness maybe a gesture of generosity maybe some more attention maybe some more love maybe a hug maybe a handshake maybe a smile but they may be doubters but some of them need to discern that's why that's why we must be in the spirit all the time led by the spirit all the time if you're going to go by the book we don't know how to dis- to dis- make the distinction the bible says make the distinction how are we going to do it by the spirit because discernment is a spiritual gift if you say i'm going to go by the book i'm going to go by the book how will you make the discernment you cannot that also was addressed today spoke about the spirit and the word hallelujah some of them are doubting give them by in discernment show them kindness show them mercy don't don't function in the kingdom with zero discernment don't function in the kingdom with zero discernment don't treat them all alike have compassion on some making a distinction what about the others who are doubting it says on some show compassion on on some show mercy what about the others the bible says and on some have com- compassion making a distinction but others save it say the word say it loud on some show mercy be kind give them time give them your love give them generous show them generosity encourage them uphold them but on some others you have to save them how can you save them with fear pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment defiled by the flesh the right approach that you take in ministry can literally snatch people out of fire that's what the bible puts it like that it's not like a um allegory or anything it's literal do you know that when you save a person when you lead a person to christ it is literally snatching them out of the fire and have you ever ever wondered uh, why we need firefighters 
Why, we, why do we need firefighters? Have you ever thought about it? A building is on fire. Why do we need firefighters to go inside and take them out? Why can't they come out, come out by themselves? They're trained, okay. It has to be done with caution, that's right. They, have the, they must wear the right outfit. Yeah? And this, this time is all about timing and it's all about, about wisdom and training and all those things. Why? Because those who are in the fire, they are already traumatized by the fire. They can't see a thing because of the smoke. Okay? And they've lost all hope. So we, we need somebody to, from outside who is trained and in the right apparel or right outfit to go inside, snatch them out of fire. That's what God has called you and I for. You're a firefighter. They need, some of them need desperate firefighting. They might need a, a sharp rebuke. Hello? If you're going to deal with all the doubters alike and say, okay, all of them are going to show mercy. No, some of them show mercy. But on others, snatch them out of fire. How? Give them a rebuke if you can. Correct them. Give them some serious counsel. Tell them, time is running out. You have to shape up. You got to change. And some of them need to hear from you. Get out of this mess. But you are all pretty. Your words are all pretty. It's all painted, sugar-coated. You, you don't want to say all that if I offend the person. Do you think a firefighter goes inside a fire and sits with the person and have a cup of coffee? That's not what they do. They go pull the person out of fire and takes, takes him or her out of the fire. That's what they do. You don't go inside the fire to hang out with the person. Today there are many in the church going to, in the pretense, pretense of wanting to firefight, they go, they go inside the fire, instead of pulling the people out of fire, they chill inside the fire. That's why the Bible says, save with If you want to save people out of fire, you got to save it with caution, with fear. Lest you be scorched by the same fire. Don't go and hang out. They, you must go to rescue. You know, you cannot save everyone in the world by just uh, hanging out with them. I'm hanging out with them. Because God's going to save them if I hang out with them. What are you doing in the process? No, I just sit and watch what they do. I just sit and listen to what they say. And I kind of give my silent agreement to whatever they say. Because one day they're going to understand my love for them. Your love for them? If you love them, you will snatch them out of fire. Their butt is on fire. You're going to sit and talk, with, talk to them for a while. They'll be all scorched. It'll be just smoke that remains after a while. You're not going to save anybody by, by hanging out with, 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 with a person. You're not going to save anybody by 
playing music with such people. You're not going to save anybody by playing football. Okay, we are playing football and we have unbelievers coming in to play with us. Don't think just because we are playing football, Revelation Church has opened this new football thing and they're all going to come and play with us. You think that's going to save a lot of people? No. It's a good initiative. We can connect with people. But just by playing football and red versus blue and red won this time, always wins. Red always wins. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we think that all this, this uh, you know, the sportsman spirit and this football and this, uh, you know, that's not going to save anybody. Jesus did not say, go into all the world and play football with every nation on this earth. That's not what he said. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. You have to disciple people. And you have to wait for the opportunity maybe. But you have to wait for the opportunity. You need to be discerning. You have to be connected. Huh? That's right. In the spirit. You got to be in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now you have to hate the garment polluted by the flesh. Don't hate the person. A person is in sin. Bible is not asking you to hate the person and say all kinds of nasty things about the person, but hate the garment. Don't normalize the sin that he is in or she is in. For the sake of friendship, you're going to keep your eyes closed to all the nonsense that that person is doing. God is going to ask you. You're going to hold you accountable for that. Because you're a minister of reconciliation. You are supposed to tell them right and wrong. With your discernment, you are, you are supposed to pray and speak and give counsel and snatch them out of fire. Instead of that, you just endured it. All the rubbish. Approved of it. Now I want you to think about your unbelieving friends. If the Lord comes back tomorrow, okay, this might sound very cliched, but this, this is very real. If the Lord comes back tomorrow and before he just before he came back to take you out of this, this earth, you had this glimpse of all the believers, unbelievers you had access to. Think about them right now. Have you reached out to them the way you were supposed to reach out to them? Have you prayed for them the way you were supposed to pray for them? Have you ministered the gospel to them when the opportunity, you had the opportunity? Were you on a firefighting mode or a chill mode when you had the opportunity? If, you're on the, if you were on the firefighting mode, you would have snatched some of them out of fire. But if you're chilling and relaxing and approving of all the nonsense, you saw, them, you saw that they were on fire. They were burning. They were getting, you could, you could sense the smoke. You could smell the smoke. But you didn't do anything about it. Now, somebody recently asked me, how can, I, how can I minister to my friend who's an unbeliever? Start talking. Well, how do you think you can minister? Pray about it, first of all. This is why I say pray in tongues. Before you even approach a person, the Spirit will prepare you to speak the right words. You know, yesterday, we had, I, I was hearing about an experience. You know, had no idea what to speak. Prayed in tongues and started to minister. Exactly what the person needed to hear came out of the mouth. Not premeditated, not planned, not, there are no notes, nothing like that. Not even an open Bible. 
but the holy spirit pulled out things from within so you need to be effective in these things some of these things some of these advice some of these counsels some of these instructions you have to take carefully closely seriously your praying in tongues can help you minister to your friends it can it can pastor yes. just help me on this it can yes. you even a minister for so many years you're praying in tongues help you to minister right have conversations now how did jesus disciple so many disciples he had a 12 he had a 70 and then they went out, went on to have a bigger crowd how you tell me how you disciple a person and we were talking about mentoring on friday we were hearing about mentoring and i'm also on the same same topic actually how do you disciple a person how did jesus disciple spend time yes but what do you do in that time you speak to them you speak to them ha huh? correct them when you get the opportunity minister to them be wise about it you know what happens many of the time many times you go to a place the instruction is to go into all the world and make disciples okay preach the gospel make disciples you are supposed to speak but you let them do all the speaking and you come back all the more burden because you heard all the trash they had to speak and sometimes you need to tell them chill let me speak now and if you're a minister of god you need to know to tell them when to stop and we have this nonsense idea in our head you need to be a good listener yes a good listener does not keep on listening he interrupts when you have to interrupt I've, I've noticed this in my own ministry. You know, there are times when I went out to minister, minister somebody personal, one on one. There are many times it has happened to me. And I come back home, and I'm like, "What did I do? I didn't get to open my mouth. I was trying to be a good listener because people have told me you need to be a good listener when you are a minister of God. No, a good listener speaks. Some of you are shy to speak. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. And we just heard about Moses. He was. He also had the same issue. He said, "I'm a. I'm a man of untrained lips. A man of, you know, I cannot speak properly. I have to stand before the Pharaoh. I, I have to stand before the king." God said, "I'm with you. I'm going to come with you." Hallelujah. Abhor evil. Abhor evil. Hate the very garment polluted by the flesh. Do not get familiar with the sin of others. Now I know a lot of believers. They are so familiar with what your what their friends do. It's become so familiar to them. It does not. It does not prick anything. I hope you don't have such friends. you hang out with some friends you know what they do you're so you're so well aware of what they do that it does not really irritate you it does not does not trouble you anymore because you have you have become so familiar with the sin in that person's life 
God is not called to end your evil. The Bible says, abhor evil. Abhor evil. Don't never say about sin, what's the big deal about that? These days everyone does all these things. Don't talk like that. A minister of God must not talk about, about sin like that. Sin is sin. God hates sin. Jesus died because of, the, because of sin, for the sake of sin. To save you from sin, to save us from sin. Hallelujah. Next verse, I'm going to close with this. Now to him who is able to keep you from, say stumbling. Keep you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence of his glory. Blameless, say blameless. blameless. The Spirit of God, Lord was speaking to us very clearly. We heard the same thing uh, when Brother Royce was ministering at the table. So spoke about being blameless. You need to have a desire to be blameless. How can you be blameless? It's a good desire to have. But tell me, how can you be blameless? What do you mean by blameless? Look at the word. Say blameless. blameless. Say it together, blameless. blameless. Tell me a person who's, who was blameless. Now we're getting the weight of it. Who was blameless? And here it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence of his glory. Meaning like? You're going to stand before the glory like? How is it possible? Willpower. Determination. Motivational speech. Try, try, try again till I... That's what we think. The Bible tells us very clearly. Now to him, say him. Who is? Who is able? Does the Bible say that you are able to keep yourself keep you from stumbling? Does the Bible say that you are able to keep you from stumbling? Does the Bible say that you are able to keep you blameless? No, you cannot. You can try it. I've tried it. Didn't work for me. I've never met a person who tried it and worked. Till date. None of us. Nobody in this world could ever be blameless. There's only one person who was blameless. We sang about his blood today. The blood of the lamb, without blemish, without spot. And the Bible says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present, present you before the glory blameless. Only God can do that for you. Only the Holy Spirit. Don't try too hard. Don't try too hard. You want to be blameless? Submit to the Holy Spirit. Now I see I want... See, we all have definitions of grace that you, I'm sure that if I ask you what is grace, you all have a definition of grace. I remember a definition that has stayed with me for a very, very, very long time, till date. And I learned it many, many years, years back when I was a young Christian. What is grace? Grace is the ability of God, which works in your inability. That's grace. Now to him who is able, was able, how? His grace. His ability comes to you as his grace. That keeps you from 
stumbling it's able to keep you blameless present you blameless amen hallelujah now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy to the only god our savior through jesus christ our lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all time and now and forever amen amen, amen. say blameless Do you want to be blameless? You want to be blameless? You want to stand blameless? You want to live without stumbling? Only He is able to do that for you. Only He is able to do that for you. Only He is able to do that for you. Depend on His grace. Depend on His grace. The ability of God is able to make you blameless. Present you blameless. Hallelujah. And don't have wrong understanding about about all these things now you think that you're going to your willpower is going to help you stand blameless and it's going to keep you without stumbling no it's not going to do that for you you're going to be disappointed the more you try the more you'll be disappointed it's going to take you from a place of guilt to greater guilt to greater guilt to greater guilt but if you understand that he's the one who's able to keep us without stumbling and blameless present as blameless before the glory with great joy and you rely on him okay if you are able to do it do it for me i have tried i went from from the pan to the fire every time i try to do it i went to the, from the pan to the fire but now the bible says he is able okay now if you are able i want to depend on your ability who is able to keep me from stumbling and from being and and, and being blameless Hallelujah. God wants you to look like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Make you like Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Think about it. Turn turn your head to the person next to you. Tell that person you look like Jesus. That's God's plan for you. That's God's plan for you. That's God's plan for you. to make you look like Jesus. Amen. And only he is able to do that for you. Let's give thanks. Father, thank you for ministering to us this this morning. Thank you Lord for your word. So much depth. Your word has so much of depth. The more we consider, the more we go deeper, the more we are changed, the more we are transformed. It makes us like Jesus. It gives us understanding that the world cannot give us. it makes us humble it makes us moldable the spirit shows us the revelation in your word it changes everything about us lord thank you father for speaking to your people thank you father to that that you are called us to be blameless your desire your plan is to keep us blameless and keep us from stumbling and for that lord we rely on your grace we depend on the grace of god because you are able to do it for us only only you can do it for us thank you father for all that you spoke over us this morning thank you jesus let your word 
Continue to minister to us. Let your spirit have sway over us, Lord. Commit every single person who is part of this church today. Commit them in your hands, Father. Commit the ones who joined us online also, Lord. Speak a blessing over them. We pray that this week will be a fruitful week. Uh, a week full of victories. A week full of breakthroughs. And miracles. And provision. And the all-sufficiency of God will be made manifest in the lives of your people. Every single one of them. So listen to your word today. Bless them with these things. Pray, Father, we pray that you'll keep us. And by your grace, we'll be able to walk blamelessly before you all the days of our lives. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, this is Nisha Dilip Koshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.